people welcome to black girls talk true crime where we discuss true crime movies and the people places and events they were based on i'm carol your resident true crime loving black girl and i'm here with my sister alex say hi alex hi alex uh she sounds excited guys doesn't she thank you guys for joining us if you are if you're here for the first time or whether you are coming back we're glad to uh have you back (laughs) (laughs) what in any case this week our movie choice was Bully. Um, it was Alex's choice. Alex, you want to talk to us briefly about why you happened to choose this movie and what was your familiarity with this movie, if any? Okay, so I'm going through the list of choices that are available for me to choose, and I come across the title Bully. I've never heard of the, the movie before, but I did see that it starred Brad Renfro, and I love the client, so I said, why not? In addition, I did have my own experience of being bullied as a child, so um, that piqued my interest, and I said, this is the movie this week. Okay, awesome. For me, I think I've seen bits and pieces of this movie, or I do remember, like, like one night, <laughs> like only like like late at night once, um, it was on like something like HBO or something, and also the same thing with me. Brad Renfro kind of like drew me. That was a the face I kind of recognized. And I started watching a little bit of it and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is a little too, 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 this is a little too raw for me. And I think I kind of lost interest somewhere in the middle or, you know, shortly thereafter. And I never finished the movie. I definitely do remember it. So when you decided to choose this, I'm familiar or somewhat familiar with the case. I've heard of this case before. So um, I was like, you know what? Let me just, uh, go back into this uh, gangbusters and um, it was a little gritty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a little raw, but you know, if you're familiar, have you seen the movie kids before? No, but I'm familiar with the movie though. The name. Yeah. It's the same director. So, you know, it wasn't really a shock. Like when you think about it that way, if you went into the movie, knowing that Larry Clark was um, the director of kids and he also directed bully. Um, I kind of got sort of that exploitative POV, but we can talk about that a little bit more. Let's get into the movie. Uh, you want to start us off, Alex? Sure. I want you to suck my big dick. Oh. <laughs> I want you That's to lick you- my balls. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Tell us what, how you really feel. I want you to suck my big dick. <sighs> Don't say that. Ew. No. <laughs> Ew, I'm disturbed. Yeah. Oh, God. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, my gosh. Can you just stop? No, I'm leaving that part in. Go ahead. I, I want you to. I want you to lick my balls. Ugh, God. Ugh. Okay, so this is Marty. This is not me. <laughs> we open this scene with Marty on the phone with an unknown person. I assume it to be a love interest because of what he's saying. I think it's, you know, just banter. But actually, you'll learn later on what is actually happening. I'm like, they really kind of just jump right into it from the sure from the it get-go. It threw me off. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like I said, I never, I never saw this movie from the beginning. So that kind of was a little bit jarring. I'm like, okay. All right. Tell us how you really feel. From there on, we get shots panning across the city landscape. We get this really awful 
trash rap music oh and that kind gosh, of serves as a, oh my gosh i hated the freaking soundtrack yeah it was this 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 shout soundtrack was so bad it was like oh my god it sounded so dated and like who like they clearly had a, a really low budget because they mm-hmm. couldn't afford anything better i'm and you sorry know i think the movie was shot like in 20 something days right I think you're right. I did know one song, and I was jamming to it just because it was a popular song. The Eminem when it was out. No, not even that. That I I I I. Oh, however it goes, you know what I mean. Okay, but yeah, I looked this up. This was somebody named JT Money. Mm, Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. In any case, okay, it kind of serves as the soundtrack. This music for our, I said, suburban oasis, and we see a sign that says "Welcome to Hollywood," and. Yeah, I said definitely not that Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This ha- even though both California. are weird, this has to be Florida, and I said yeah, that explains everything. Al and Lisa, um, the two central characters to the movie, they're on their way to the store. Allie pulls to a stop, and she's like, "His cock was beautiful." I'm like, "Yo, really? Like this is the second time I heard the word." dick cock you know like what is going on anyway she's like uh to lisa if you want it you can get it you just gotta get your ass on the beach and so that just made me think that either lisa was a virgin or she just had to have sex in a while no she definitely was a virgin i just want to talk a little bit briefly about kind of what these girls because the casting for this movie was when you with a few exceptions physically the people in this movie didn't look like the actual real life actors, which mm-hmm. was sort of, um, I mean, I guess they went with the best actors, but I was somewhat confused because their character, their physical characteristics played a lot into who they were. Okay. Like for example, Lisa, the real Lisa was really overweight and that accounted for a lot of her like low self-esteem, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but the actress, Rachel Minor. She wasn't. She was. They kind of tried to make her look a little bit frumpy, right? But you know that. You know that was a. Uh, yeah, you know that was a uh, Macaulay Culkin's ex-wife, right? No, I didn't. I didn't. Fun fact. But, but um, wait, you said that Lisa, the real Lisa, was really overweight. I didn't mm-hmm. think that she was. She was a little chubby. I mean, she was. She was a little. She was a chubster. I mean, she wasn't obese, but she maybe was, we weren't looking at the same picture. I, she was. She was. She was. She was fat. Sorry. I mean, wow. are we not supposed to say that word anymore? I don't know. But she was she was she was a little thickums. Um <laughs> especially in comparison to Allie, who was tall, slender, blonde. You know, um, and we see like she's Allie's played by Bijou Phillips, who is a lot prettier than the actual Allie. Mm, I said it, yeah. Anyway, uh she has this like ill fitting bikini top. She's smoking oh, a cigarette. She has her hair slicked back in a greasy, stringy looking ponytail and she's wearing like these short shorts. So it kind of informs us as to sort of kind of who these people are and what their personalities are like. You know what I mean? So we see like she's kind of, I don't know if you want to say a little bit. Loose. Free. Oh, (laughs) okay. You know, she's a little, I guess you want to say confident with her body and, you know, she's only 17. So uh, Lisa's 18. And Allie is only 17 at this time. So now we're at a we're at the sandwich shop. They're like in a supermarket and we see these two teenage boys. We later learn to be Marty Puccio and Bobby Kent. And again, I want to talk a little bit about, more about their physical descriptions. 
because these guys like Bobby's character is played who played by Nick Stahl. Do you recognize him? No, I don't. <laughs> this is just going to be a treasure trove of '90s, you know, fun. Do you remember that movie with Mel Gibson, the boy, uh, the man without a face? <gasps> Yes, yes, that was him. Yeah. Do you that remember the scene in uh, Man Without a Face when he comes out of room? Yes, I remember ratchet. that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was awkward. <laughs> but I don't know if the guy they heard you, but like that's when he comes out. Uh, he was upset because that's when he found out like his father was in the mental institution or whatever, right? And he goes to Mel Gibson's character's house, all upset, and then Mel Gibson like kind of lets him sleep at the house, and he. The cop, because the mom was looking for him. Why am I going into a different movie? And so the cop stops by, the sheriff or whatever you call him, he stops by and is like, hey, Mel Gibson, have you seen Nick Stahl? We can't find him. And that's when he comes out all, he's like bleary eyed and he's like in his underwear and it just looks bad, but it was a completely innocent. And that's what she's talking about. Okay. So let's get back to uh, Bully. Okay. I was talking about the physical descriptions of Bobby and Marty. And Marty. And the thing, the reason why I place such an emphasis on it is because they were weightlifters. And you got Nick Stahl, he looks so like tall and slender. And Brad Renfro is just, he looks average. And the weightlifting part played a, it was important because they were suspected or alleged to have used steroids, which uh, kind of had something to do potentially with a lot of the aggressive behavior that they exhibited towards, you know, other people. And that wasn't an element in this movie, which I thought was kind of actually important. But that's why I mentioned that. Another element to that fact is that um, they were similar in size in the movie, but in real life, Bobby was much bigger than Marty. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they didn't mention because you're probably watching the movie like, why didn't Marty just defend himself? Because they're about the same size. But in real life, um, Bobby was much bigger than him. That had a lot to do more. I think that was a whole, um, we can get into that a little bit later, but that had, that had a lot to do with the mental. Um, no, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where they actually meet Marty and Bobby. And mm-hmm. and Bobby, let's say Bobby is about 20 at this point and mm-hmm. Marty is 19. And- Again, they're at the sandwich shop, and again, it immediately turns sexual. Like, this mm-hmm. is the first time. So, yeah, this is the first time where we see Bobby bully Marty, right? Yeah. So, yeah. He kind of like bangs his head into uh, that, uh, that, what is that it? food warmer. Yeah. And it looks like it's, it's metal, right? Yeah. And, it, and he the thing his head is, on like, the corner. Yeah. And his reaction is so, like, oh, been there, done I'm that. I'm used to, yeah. You know, he, yeah. lo- he 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 takes on the attributes of like an abused wife. It's like a very intimate sort of partner or domestic violence situation, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't you know, let on to the others that it bothers him. You know, he just mm-hmm. shrugs it off or he appears to shrug it off like it's no big deal. Allie, at this point, she teases him about not wearing gloves, which honestly, uh, she was totally right. Why are you making sandwiches with your bare hands? Ew. Mm-hmm. Who does that? So um, I said she um, takes the sandwich anyway. Bobby tells Marty to invite the girls out and then Marty invites the girls to the beach. Yeah, he's telling he tells them that they're going to go surfing later on. Yeah, and Bobby volunteers himself for Allie. And Marty says... Uh, volunteers. <laughs> he, says, sure. uh, he says he wants to... Basically, he's interested in Allie and Marty uh, Marty could have Lisa because uh, what do you say? He's, he's into fuller figured women or girls or something to that effect and in the uh in real life bobby he bobby started dating and hooking up with girls and he would only allow and yes i said allow but he would only allow 
Marty to date women who were, um, shall I say, Rubenesque. Mm. So that that that's like that's why I said like that's important. Like knowing about the actual Lisa, like some of the, some of that stuff is so important, but it's not left out. And it just like the the casting was really um, interesting. Yeah, let me talk. Can we talk really? We just kind of kind of skipped over the whole Brad Renfro of, of it all, right? Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's talk yeah, about that. let's talk about Brad Renfro. Rest in peace. Um, mm. He was discovered. I I don't remember how he was discovered, but he was discovered. I think like one of his teachers in school or something like that. I remember I discovered him and he ended up auditioning for the client and that was like his first audition and he got it. And he kind of, he done, he's done a lot of like smaller independent movies, but I do remember he did Sleepers. I love that movie. I don't know. Do you remember that movie? Again, I remember the title, but I don't think I've ever watched oh, it. That movie's so good. It, like he plays like the young version of um Brad Pitt's character and they were they all did like this they were all kids like in the 50s or something like that 50s 60s and they um they ended up in this uh like performatory and that reformatory had like a lot of guards and whatnot were like abusing the boys and then they grew up and they kind of sought revenge but anyway kind of like in movie. this movie mm, uh, it was a little bit just the whole revenge part. <laughs> and this was um not real but yeah i i love that movie um but um, yeah, he passed away like in 2008 mm-hmm. and he like OD'd, right? Yeah. And I- He's and having I, um, a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol. Child actors. As do, as just about to say, as do a lot of child actors. And the thing is like a lot of people forgot that because he died like a week before Heath Ledger. So when Heath Ledger died, it was like, Brad who? It kind of right. forgot about him. And it's a shame. I, I saw a clip, Um, it's on YouTube of him being interviewed. Uh, This was like- two years or something like that i think or maybe it was shortly before he passed he looked rough he looked really overweight he looked i don't know it was just it, he was such Sad. a talent he was such yeah. a talented talented young man and he died at like 26 years old anyway Sad. i'm sorry I, like that was kind of totally a bummer but this whole movie's a bummer this whole episode's Hello. Well, it won't be a bummer because we're here. We're here to walk you through it. So, um, yeah, Allie and Lisa are kind of, you know, after they agree to go to the beach with uh, Marnie and Bobby, they're kind of walking away. And Lisa is kind of, we hear her speaking about her insecurities. And she talks about how she's never been with a guy as good looking as Marty before. That's such a big no, thing. No, that's not what she said. That's not what she said. Well, she, she just said that. that. Oh, well, okay, maybe. Okay, go ahead. I remember much of a hunk. Yeah, I hate that word. Like, who you For real. That? For real. It's so, it's so ugly. Ew. It's so ugly. Ew, huh? Said that, listen, she said that word, I think, three times. I mean, this did take place, place in the early 90s, and I think that's a very 90s term, right? I've never heard anybody in real life use the term hunk. It sounds very not only dated, but it sounds very something like I've only heard like white people use on TV. So maybe that's why. Hunk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a hunk of meat? Like, yeah, I don't know, exactly. like, That's what comes to my head when I think of the word hunk. I mean, I know why they use it, you know what I mean? But like you said, we just don't hear it in real life. So um, she was very kind of preoccupied, obsessed, I don't know, in the way that teenage girls are with the idea of having like this sort of dreamboat, <laughs> you know, um, boyfriend. She had posters adorned in her wall of these popular celebrities, like celebrity heartthrobs. And that's something that was really important to her that she really dreamed about. I guess we all do, right, girls? When you watch the movie, you're like, why is she so like attached to him? That has a lot to do with it, her self-esteem. All right, so now uh, 
at this point, they're already at the beach and they're watching the boys surf and they're talking amongst themselves, um, saying how Marty is the sweet one and Bobby is an asshole. And that's another word you hear over and over used to describe Marty. But this realization, it doesn't stop what's about to happen next. You know, attracted to assholes. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if it's because these teenage girls have low self-esteem, you know, but uh, the boys, they're done surfing and they ask the girls if they want to go party and they agree. The term party you'll see in the next couple of scenes, I think means something else. I don't know if that was a term used back in the day. Okay. So now in the next scene, uh, they're all in the car. They're heading back from the beach, boys in the front, girls in the back. And here's when Allie and Lisa compliment Marty on her surfing skills. Bobby, he needs to feel superior to, to Marty. And he asks Allie, what planet are you from? You know, to put Marty down. And she's like, from Earth, compared to you, he's like Kobe Bryant. And that pissed him off. And Marty, he has that look on his face that you have when you want to look over at someone, but you, you sneakily do it. And that's what he does because he knows that comment pissed or pissed him off. He knows that Bobby's not going to like that comment. Yeah. It's pretty clear that Bobby doesn't like Marty getting any kind of undue attention. And we could talk quickly about Marty and his surfing. Marty, they both, both of them actually started surfing together. And Marty was, he was the, in terms of size at the time when they started surfing, he was the more What's the word I'm looking for? He was the small, in his frame, he was smaller. He was thinner. So that made him lighter. That made him a better surfer. At this point, Marty was like weightlifting. So he was a bit bigger and uh, huskier. I don't know what you want to call it. So if you notice, as a surfer, you can't be that size and be any good. In any case, Marty started to get recognized by a lot of like these kind of um, professional surfers. And they kind of, was they would take Marty under their wing. And he was actually, kind of on that trajectory to become a professional surfer. And Bobby would see this. And I think there was one instance when, for no reason, he was just hanging around and he just went and he just like punched Marty in the face. Did you, did you read about that? No. Yeah. He kind of just punched Marty in the face. And um, I guess to try and show, show, show him who's boss, he didn't like the fact that not only did Marty have these other friends, but they were like older, cooler surfer guys. Marty started to pull away from Bobby. And he kind of, at this point, he kind of started encouraging him to go to the gym with him. So when Marty started going to the gym with Bobby, he started, they were exercising like two, three hours a day. And Marty started to get bigger and bigger. And that made him not as fit or yeah he um, wasn't as good of a surfer so he kind of started to fall off so that could have been i don't know if that was his calculating bobby's calculating Mm. you know plan but like that's something that they don't really go as into anytime marty started to pull away or anytime marty got a little bit of shine bobby would step in and we see sort of flashes of that throughout this movie i didn't know that was the reason the exact reason that Marty no longer served, but I knew it has something to do with Bobby. There's a point in the movie where, and I'm jumping ahead, um, where Marty, he encounters this little boy and mm-hmm. the little boy's like, um, you're a good surfer and ends up asking him, why is he no longer surfing? And Bobby's like, I don't know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it has something to do with Bobby. Mm-hmm. I know it has something to do with Bobby. But yeah, they don't really get into that, unfortunately. They're all outside the liquor store. Bobby suggests tequila. And Marty's like, I don't have any money. And he's like, I only have six bucks. Right. 
lend me some money. And Bobby's like, oh, this is when um Bobby grabs his ear, right? Yeah, he twists his ear. Oh my it's God. Like, like a mom would boy. do to a child. Oh my God. He gosh. calls him boy. He says, you better say, I want you to say, yes, sir, boss. Yeah. It's, and he takes calls it. Calls him a bitch. And he calls him a bitch, I believe, right? Pulls his ear yeah. like a mom would and calls him a bitch. He takes and it. And I don't know. Like I said, this looks like something that's been going on for some time. And from what I gather in my readings, uh, it has. It's been going on for years. Marty, I mean, sorry, Bobby has been abusing him for quite some time at this point. Okay, so Bobby leaves and he somehow comes back with the big bottle of tequila. So I don't know. And this is probably just in the movie, but it just made me question how did he come back with that big bottle of tequila that costs more than $6? Did he steal it or did he actually have the money? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Allie, again, she acknowledges that he's an asshole. And I don't know why. I think I like it, but I don't like it. It just, <laughs> she's like, you're an asshole. Like, just the way she said it, it, she just sounds like a white girl trying to be uh-huh. hard. But I don't know. Trying it to just, be cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I don't that know was if a... I like it or don't like it, but. It sounds stupid to me. That. Yeah. <laughs> But she willingly, she goes up to the front when Bobby tells her to. Again, yeah. this is women being attracted to assholes. Like, I don't know that they realize the extent of, you know, the depths of his, you know, I don't know Abuse which one. Yeah, I don't, I, th- I don't think they realized how deep it went. You know, again, this is like the first day. And Lisa and Marty, they hook up in the back seat. This is Lisa's first time. And Allie and Bobby also hook up. Not her first time. But wait. Um, this is where I was referring to when Bobby's like, welcome to the party. This made me think that the term party or going to the party, some type of lingo code for let's have sex, you know? I mean, I guess. I always thought party was like doing drugs, but I remember one time this random woman came to me in the store. I was with Mama and we were like at like value zone or something like that. She was like, hey, do you like to party? <laughs> I was like, what? Um, no. I think I asked like somebody later. I was like, "Does that mean drugs?" I don't, oh I don't, my I don't. god! It's like, why is this random? She came out of nowhere. Why are you leave me alone? Anyway, sounds like something out of a movie. It really happened to me though. It was real life, man. Lisa, this is like the next day, and Lisa kind of comes out of the bedroom. She's kind of still walking on cloud nine, and that's when she, you know, announces to her mother that she has a new boyfriend, and he's um, uh-huh. what is he? <laughs> <laughs> From from this conversation, I'm starting to think that she's not the brightest bulb or the brightest, the sharpest tool in the tool shed. You know what I mean? Well, how so? She just sounds slow. Okay, she I'm sounds not. slow. You didn't pick on that. Pick up on that. No, I don't think she's. I don't think she's slow at all. No, I I heard Lisa talk. It's just the character not... on the movie. She just sounds slow. Um, at least that, at that maybe point, that, that was her choice. I guess that was a choice that she made acting wise. Um, she probably thought it sounded like teenagery and you know, I don't know. But um, we're at a we're at a nightclub now. Let's let, here's the party. <laughs> <laughs> so we see several um young men, I'm sorry, scantily clad young men dancing on stage with no rhythm, and this appears to be a gay bar, and they're just dancing away. So Marty and Bobby are at this bar. There's a man who expresses interest in Marty to Bobby, and Bobby basically shuts it down, like back up. Until he offers him $100. He puts $100 Wait. on the table. 
Before that, the older guy says to Bobby, I hear your friend gives good phone. This is when I realized what the conversation in the beginning was about. I was like, good phone. And I didn't pick it up until the second time around. And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm. But this is when um, the next time Bobby, excuse me, this is the next time where Marty gets bullied and the older guy asks Bobby or tells Bobby he'll pay him $100 if Marty gets up on the stage with the other teenagers and start to, to start dancing. This is where you were going. Yeah, and that's when Bobby encourages, let's say encourages, Marty to go on the stage and to dance. Uh, and in the back, you see a sign that says Teen Amateur Night. That is so gross to me. Mm-hmm. So they got, like, if you didn't know these these guys were already, you know, they were young. Well, they're, they're pretty much like 18, 19, and maybe a little bit older. But yeah, so Marty starts to dance and he feels clearly he feels uncomfortable doing it but after a while he kind of starts to get into it you know he kind of starts to enjoy it and you know the real life Bobby and Marty that kind of was pretty much more or less what happened um you know he forced him or he pushed him into doing it and then when Bobby's I'm sorry I keep I don't know why I keep interchanging their names I do the same thing but when Marty start to do it like enjoy it that's when Bobby put the kibosh on it. Like he only liked it, you know, under the pretense that it was something that Marty didn't want to do. But when it became something he was getting a lot of attention for and he was enjoying it, that's when it became a problem. So we cut to another scene. They're in a car and Bobby is more or less, you you know, kind of taunting him. And he's like, oh, you enjoy dancing at the gay bar, you know, insinuating that he's gay. And he's like, you know, um, you know, and uh, Marty's trying to, you know, he's more or less denying it. Like, hey, I'm not really into that. I was just doing it because you told me to. And he sort of loses concentration uh, on the because he's driving. Marty's driving at this point, so he kind of loses focus on the road and kind of um, kind of hits the curb and he, he like kind of dings the car a little bit. Possibly, we're not entirely sure. And Bobby gets so upset because it's his car. And at this point, he punches him in the face repeatedly. Uh, bro, why are you doing that to somebody who's actually driving a car that you're in? What are you doing? And, you know, Marty starts bleeding and he pulls over. He gets really upset and then he leaves. He starts to walk away from the car and Bobby, you know, he starts to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You're my best friend. And as is the case with a lot of these, you know, intimate partner situations, domestic violence situations, Marty comes back. Like he, he, he just, he comes back, he gets in the car. Um, But before he gets in the car, he basically punches him in the face as I guess that makes them feel better. All right. Go so ahead. now the next scene, Lisa is waiting for Marty at the shopping center. She's daydreaming. She runs into her friend, Claudia, and Claudia um, asks her if she's going in. And then this is where Lisa brings up the, she says she's waiting for her hunk of a boyfriend. And Bobby and Marty, they pull up and she gets in and they leave. And the next scene, and we missed, we missed this. Okay. So the next scene, Bobby's in the bathroom washing his hands. Okay, we actually missed this in the first one. I don't know why at least two times in the movie they showed Bobby aggressively washing his hands. I don't know what that means. I think it means something. I just don't know what. Um, I don't know if he doesn't like what's going on and it's like he's trying to wash it away. But there's, there's, there's more to that. You didn't pick up on that? No, not really. I mean, not really. Why, why show him aggressively washing his hands on more than one occasion? That could just be a, a creative choice made by the the director because I didn't 
you know, in my research, I didn't pick up on anything like OCD or this Lady Macbeth type thing. I didn't pick up on anything like that. Um, so I don't know. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe anyway, you're right. <laughs> maybe we're both right. I don't know. Um, anyway, he's in the bathroom washing his hands, and he looks at himself. And he looks at himself in the mirror for a bit, and then he, and spits, he spits in the spits mirror. Spits on the mirror. Ew. As, as if he doesn't like himself. Mm. You didn't pick up on that. He could probably not like himself for a whole host of reasons. Right. Because I don't know. My theory is I thought he was gay. Did yes. Not, yeah. That was I a recurring. That was a reoccurring thing in the movie. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. he was in love with Marty. Right. That's just that's that's just my take. That's why he didn't want Marty to, you know, date regular sized girls. He didn't attractive girls. Remember even like I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that scene where he's like uh his dad is talking to him and he's like, I want you to get the stereo shot, the yada yada yada, oh stop hanging out with Marty. He's like was that awkward. scene. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, can, can Marty work with us? Like, I think that he did not, that may have had something to do with, he was unhappy with himself. So maybe that's- Exactly. Maybe the director picked up on that. Maybe that was in the book because we didn't read the book. But um, he was just unhappy with who he was. Maybe he didn't like what he was about to do. But before I say that, I think you were going to say something else. No, I was just going to get it. I was just going to get right into it. Marty yeah. and Lisa are having sex in the um, in the room. And Bobby kind of, after he's done with his, you know, spinning on the mirror, I hate myself uh, routine, he hits Lisa with a belt. And this is like a weightlifting belt. And it's like this real thick, heavy belt. And then he punches Marty and he says, I'm next. I thought he was coming for Marty. (laughs) They did do some simulated sex uh, that wasn't actually in this movie, but they did used to do that. But, um... Yeah. So at this point, it kind of, uh, we kind of flash to the cut to the next scene, but wait, yes. How did you let your friend rape your girl? How was she with you after that? No, no self love, no self esteem. But then later on in the movie, he talks. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. He talks about, oh, this is when, uh, okay, so again, I'm jumping ahead. When Donnie and Allie are in the car, or Donnie and Allie. They're somewhere, and he ends up saying to Donnie, how are you going to let somebody else do your girl? But that's what you did earlier. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. That, that The whole thing between Bobby and Marty is just whole psychological conundrum. Like, I don't understand that. It's just, I know they've been, we didn't talk about how long they've been friends. They've been friends since they were about seven or eight years old. Um, So at this point, how old are they? Like 19 years old. They've been friends for like, Roughly At least 13, years. yeah, well mm-hmm. over 10, 10 years. So they, it's almost kind of like this really dysfunctional marriage, you know, that that's how their relationship kind of sort of has evolved into. So I don't understand. I don't know if he just wants to do just to keep Bobby happy. He just wants to take the path of least resistance. I don't know. Like, does he even care about Lisa? Because she's always, if you know, she's like, I love him. I love you. He never says it back. I mean, I mean, that happens a lot in, in several relationships. Mm. That's not just with Marty and Lisa. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, I'm just talking about this particular instance. Like, does he even care about her that way? Like, I don't know. He probably doesn't. I don't think that's uncommon. Women tend to fall in love before men do. Mm. Next day, Marty's asleep in his bed and his mom, 
like she walks in and she sees the bruises. So this is a sign that his family is somewhat like aware of what's going on. Neither one of the parents like the other kid. Each think that their kid is the good kid and that the other kid is mm, the bad influence. Yeah, right. pretty much. Marty at this at this point, Marty is a we didn't talk about it. But he's a high school dropout. Pretty much most of them are. Lisa is a dropout. Um, Allie's a dropout. The only one who isn't is um, Bobby. Bobby. The bully. He's, yeah, he's actually, they described him as, I think the prosecutor, he described him as an Eddie Haskell-like figure. And I had no mm-hmm. idea who that was. I had to look that I had up. had to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, who the heck is Eddie Haskell? Yeah. He was a character in Leave it to Beaver who, he was kind of just a terror to his fellow students, kids, but around adults, teachers, mm-hmm. parents, he was the nicest, sweetest boy. So that's kind of what they're saying Bobby's situation was. The adults did not understand, like, these kids calling him a bully and, you know, they didn't understand that. It didn't make sense to them. Because Bobby was actually, he was a decent student. He was like a B student. He was actually working in, like, towards, like, his college credits, you know? So he was, like, in, he was, like, in community college, I think, at this point. So he was a decent student. He seemed to have a future, but he just had other issues going on that no one could see except for the those that were closest to him. So now Marty's having breakfast with his family and he asked, he asked them to move. Can we move? And we are discussing this? Can I have a car then? Why can't we just move out of this dumb neighborhood? Marty, we can't just quit our jobs and leave because our son's having problems. Fine. This is an obvious cry for help. It was ignored. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. at one point, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to (laughs) say, I think at one point, did you read that um, he actually did move away? No, I didn't. Yeah, he did move to live. The entire family or just Marty? No, just Marty. Um, He went to live with, I can't remember if it was an aunt or some other family member, but he did move away and I can't remember why, but he ended up coming back. So he did move away for some time. It's that hold. Just yeah. like when abusive uh, wives, they leave their husbands, they always come back. He even, at one point, he even, he switched schools, actually. And he was doing, he was actually doing pretty decent. Him him and wow. Bobby went to different schools. And I think that he had to switch his schedule to go to the school that Bobby ended up going to because there was some conflict with his surfing. This is when he was like really getting into surfing, I believe. And there was some conflict I think I can't remember if it was when the school, the time that the school started or whatever, but he ended up switching back because him and Bobby at this point, him and Bobby kind of was starting to go their own separate ways. They were making their own separate, you know, friendship groups. And, it, you know, they it, it kind of started to pull away from each other. But then when he transferred back to the school that Bobby was at, that's when, you know, that whole that pull kind of, you know, started to um reintroduce itself or what have you. And um, Bobby was kind of like the big man on campus and, you know, Marty's more or less fell in line. In addition to everything that you said, um, Marty wants to pull away from Bobby because when his dad says, no, we're not moving, he then asks his father for a car. And I picked up on, um, he doesn't want to use Bobby for a ride anymore. So Mm -hmm. he wants his own car. He wants to free himself from Bobby. Mm-hmm. And his father says no, and he is understandably frustrated, you know, and he gets up and leaves. He's like, no one hears me, you know, you not, do you not see my black eye? 
Like, how do you not? How do you see a black eye on your son's face, and then not want to help him? Not want to help solve his problem? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I I get it. It's a lot to move. You know what I mean? I believe they probably own their home. They were, you know, living in the suburbs. That that's a lot. That process is a lot. Buying a new home. You know what I mean? And they're already established. So I mean, I get that, but help him somehow. Approach his father. And that's not to say that he hasn't, you know what I mean? But this definitely could have been avoided. I don't think the adults in this situation took this as seriously as they should have. Exactly. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Because, like, oftentimes kids aren't going to come out and just say, hey, he's beating me. Hey, he's, they just, they're just not. They're going to beat around the bush and tell you, you know, hey, can we move? Hey, I don't want to go to the school. Hey, you know, I want a car. They're going to, this is how they let you know that something's wrong. They don't usually come out and say it. So you have to kind of be able to read between the lines. You have to be paying attention. You have to see what's going on. You have to care enough to want to do something. You cannot, you know, turn a blind eye to it. So we're at Marty's house. Wait. Where are We're we? still at Marty's house. He leaves the the breakfast table. He goes in the kitchen, and this one's this is when Lisa comes, and uh, she rings the doorbell, and it's Lisa with weed and sex. <laughs> you know, they go up to his room, and she tells him. Well, Marty tells her the first time that he smoked weed, and it was mm-hmm. Bobby, and it was because he was peer pressured. Mm-hmm. And this is when she tells him that she loves him, and his facial expression is like, "What?" <laughs> you know, he's already high. She doesn't you just say, "I love you." She says, "I love you so much. I can't even believe how much I love you." I right. would do, and I would do anything, anything for, you. for you. I was mm. like, "Okay, slow down, puppy breaks." You know, <laughs> like this is just move a little too fast. She's still in that sort of teenage blissful, like this is everything. This is all that there will ever be. Sort of kind of haze. So you know, this is her first love. You know, this is this is her first everything. <laughs> so it is that much, you know, deeper for her at this point than it is for Marty. Um, she probably doesn't feel like or believe or think that she can find anybody as hunky. Oh my gosh! Did you really just use that word? I thought it was off limits. <laughs> yes, I did. I, and well, see, you I said it hesitantly. I said, I know. <laughs> She doesn't think that she could find anybody like like that. She thinks this is the best that she could do. Right. So Lisa's in the bathroom. Um, she's peeing to take a pregnancy test. And first of all, she doesn't even wipe from front to back. So ill. Um, she didn't get stressed. She meets up with a friend and she shows off her pregnancy stick. Like, ill, put that away. You know what I mean? Like you just peed on it. Like, what the hell? And her friends. Actually, it was Claudia. Claudia's like, who does the baby belong to? And she's like, it's Marty's. And one of them, and actually, no, it's it's Claudia. She's keeping 100. You know, she's like, uh, couldn't it be Bobby's? You fucked them both. I was mm. like, whoa. Did she tell them that? Or is that mm. something that just got around? Did uh, she willingly? Bobby, Bobby probably was like, yeah, I hit that. Did she willingly have sex with Bobby after he raped her? Like, what was that? What, that, what was that situation about? You know, what was really going on? Mm. But that comment it, it irritated her and she ended up leaving. And as she walked away, one of the girls is like, she says it like she actually knows. I was like- I do think, if I remember correctly, there was some raping, but I do think she did. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> there was some raping. Oh God, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I do think that there was some consensual sex as well. And it's probably- like that whole mental hold that Bobby has, well, appears to have over those people, over Marty and uh, Lisa. Marty, I believe Marty told her to do it, and <gasps> she 
she did what Marty wanted her to do. Wow. So now we're at the arcade and Lisa asks Cousin Derek. I'm going to call him Cousin Derek because it's yes. another Derek. Yes, 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 yes. I did the same thing. Cousin Derek and Hitman Derek. Go ahead. Yeah, there's another Derek in this movie. They don't call him Derek. They just call him the Hitman because I guess they thought the audience was too dumb to differentiate between the two. So his name throughout the movie is Hitman, but we're going to call him what his name is. But um, so she asks her cousin Derek for a ride to Marty's. She demands it. Yeah. And Marty... So that we're at Marty's house, right? And so Bobby... <laughs> He shows Derek an amateur porn that he made. And Derek is understandably disgusted. Basically, it's a man simulating sex with a foreign object. And I don't know why Bobby thought that this would, like, get anybody's gears right? going. Like, he just couldn't understand. Right? This is, like, not the first time that he's done it. We'll talk about that later. But go ahead. Yeah, and, like, he's like, yo, I'm... I'm away in the car. Like, this is not my scene, bro. Like, I'm I'm good. This makes you think that Bobby is gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's because a lot there, of that I, going on. Bobby's harebrained scheme was that he and Marty would make amateur porn and they would distribute it to porn shops and sex shops and make a quick buck. This particular gentleman, I remember that, I think he was sort of interested in Marty. I can't remember. But he thought that, that they were going to hook up. Or something to that effect. And if I'm remembering my sources correctly, at one point, they kind of were forcing him. I remember they they beat him. They beat him up. I heard that, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of forced this upon this unknown man to make this video. And when they were distributing this awful porn to these shops, and they, they were basically laughed out of the place. Like, nobody wants to see a grown man. Like, that's a very niche very particular kind of kink and nobody was interested in it. So now Marty is with Lisa in the kitchen and she's at this point, she's telling him the news that she's pregnant and Marty, he flies into a rage upon hearing the news. He grabs her and he demands that she have an abortion or get it fixed. Like she's a dog. And like, that's when Derek comes in, comes in and basically kind of comes to her aid and he pushes her out the way, pushes uh, Marty out the way. Like, look, Derek is a big dude, by the way. He's huge. So they can't just come in there and like push him around. But I forgot to um, mention when he, when I when I said the term fixed, both Bobby and Marty, I'm sure you read that. They would sit, because like she, like I said, she was a bigger girl and they couldn't put that in into this film because it wouldn't make sense. But they used to call her all kind of names. Did you read that? No, I didn't. But they used to call her all sorts of names having to do with her her weight. There was a point when Marty actually started to abuse Lisa as well. You know, at uh, Bobby's behest, he kind of started to get into it. So uh, Lisa was also a victim of abuse multiple ways. Even though she didn't blame Marty for it, she felt like Bobby was the source of all of it. And I feel like in her mind, that made her... She justified Marty's behavior like that. It wasn't his fault, kind of sort of thing. That's why she was able to say Right. Bobby made him do it. Mm-hmm. Which is why she comes up with the plan, as she does later. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back um, when you were talking about Derek, Cousin Derek. Did you read how the actress that played Lisa, how she fat shamed and she actually bullied, funny enough, she bullied Cousin Derek. Did she? Re- and seriously? 
in real life. Yeah. She, um, she fat shamed him. She suggested that he was gay and that he needs to come out. What? And yeah. And this happened before he actually came out. No, I and did not the, read that. And the other actors, uh, Nick and maybe even Brad. And who's the other one? Bijou um, Phillips? No, the guy, Donnie's character. Oh, he's some Excuse me, not Donnie's character. The actor that played Donnie. They would tell her to stop. Oh, that's Michael Pitt, right? Yeah, Michael yeah, Pitt. So they would, you know, they would stand up for him and tell him to stop. That happened. And it's just ironic that the name of the movie is Bully. And, and she she's was the bully. bully. Exactly. Wow. I did not read that. Yeah, but later she ended up apologizing. Uh, I, I would hope so. <laughs> he Loser. accepted her apology. Yeah. Wow. That's what we call bullies here. Loser. That's why your career didn't take off. Oh, well. Yeah, I said it. What? <laughs> Shut up. So now we're at Lisa's house and her mom, she sees the bruises. And unlike Marty's mom, she actually has a reaction to it. And she threatens to have her brother beat Marty beat up. Beat him up. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then Lisa's like, oh, I love him more than anything. Please don't get Marty hurt. Oh, God. Her anyway. mother doesn't know what to think, but she does agree not to get Marty beat mm-hmm. up. Yeah, she's she and she and Marty are naked in the bed. And the camera pans across her naked body. I was and I guess to say, oh my gosh, Cal, we see her naked ass again. Like how many times yeah. do we have to see her naked I get, body? I, I, I'm assuming this was to show like the she had a lot of bruise. I mean, they could have did that in a, in a different. She could have wore like a bra and a underwear, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like this movie. I felt like I, I get that you want to be a little bit gritty. You want to be a little bit raw. You want to be honest in your depiction of teens and what was going on in their minds. But I felt it was it was a little exploitative. Like, that's just my opinion. It was it was a bit I agree. in your face to me. There was even a shot later on where um, Allie is at, she's at a nail shop and she's getting her pedicure or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the freaking camera is all in her crotch for no reason. I don't think I picked up on that. I'm like, yo, bro, we got an extreme crotch shot for no reason. What? I don't understand. Larry Clark, bro, what are you doing? That's what I'm saying. Like this, that's probably that probably wasn't for the audience. That was for Larry. Oh my god, <laughs> I know he thought he was doing something like cool and edgy or something like, and it's a bit much. Like this, this movie actually received like a lot of mixed reviews. Maybe that has something to do with it. Like, just tell the story. You don't have to be so over the top with it. Back in her room and her naked ass again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, she's staring off into space and it, she's in deep thought. And then she whispers, "It's Bobby." And at this point, I don't know if she means the baby belongs to Bobby or if Bobby is the problem. I got the gist that she meant Bobby was the problem. Cause she would, she didn't say it's Bobby's. She said it's Bobby. Get it? Yeah, I, I, I guess. But then they also shoot to a scene where Bobby. Wait, was Bobby having sex with Allie or Bobby having sex with Lisa? I can't remember. Anyway, but yeah, I have Allie's having sex with Donnie. No, 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 not that part. Um, while she's in her deep thought, while she's thinking it's Bobby, they do show a scene of. Bobby, either with Lisa or with Allie. I can't remember. But anyway, she sees his loyalty to Bobby. And like you said, it's probably that she feels Bobby is the problem. And she comes up with an idea, distract Bobby so Mm -hmm. that she can spend more time with Marty. Mm -hmm. And this is where everything, you know, starts to go south. Yeah. So she, so she calls Allie up at this point, Allie is having sex with her new boyfriend, Donnie. They're naked again. It's very gratuitous. 
Um, Lisa tells Allie that Bobby's into her, that he is into spooky stuff, which intrigues Allie. What it doesn't show in the film is that at this point in Allie's life, she was into like witchcraft and that sort of stuff. So she was kind of dabbling in that. So when she hears that Bobby's into spooky stuff, that's kind of like, she's like, oh, all right. He's kind of a little taking a walk on the wild side. I'm into it. So that kind of is what piques her interest. That's why, um, she agrees to like meet up. We're at Bobby's house and they're at the dinner table. And uh, mm. you can see what a, what a, like a, his father is very um, head of the family. Like he's very, um, what's the word? I'm he's a patriarch. He's the patriarch of family. And it, it doesn't show like they, the miscast of this, uh, because they're like, they're from Iran, the actual Kents. They actually changed their name. Like they, they yeah. cast these That's little, yeah, they cast white actors, but. Bobby was Iranian. His father was Iranian. So you know that they were like very old school. So that's an important element that's kind of also left out. But his father rules that house. And it's very evident. This is the one and only relationship we see where Bobby is very, he's not the, he's the beta. He's, yeah. He's not he's alpha submissive. in this situation. It's his father. But um, his father is ha- is not happy with him hanging out with Marty. Because he's saying Marty has no ambition. He's a loser. And all he does is like surf. And that's what I said. I said, we see that Bobby's like a completely different person around his family. He's like, sir, may I be excused? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mom, who's clearly not wearing the pants, she just looks over to the dad because she knows she can't excuse him. And the dad is like, no, I'm not done with my lecture. Mm. So we're at Marty's house now. Lisa and Marty are hanging out and Allie and Bobby are getting on well. We learn a little bit more about Allie. Well, we learn a little bit more about both of them, actually. Bobby is four credits shy of graduating. He's going to college and he wants to start a window tinting business with his father. Can't imagine that. At least that. he has goals. No, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just saying, like, I'm just thinking about in today's like a window tinting business. That's not like, a, I don't know. I can't imagine that would be successful now, but I don't know. We also learn that Allie has an ex-husband. She has And a, a baby. Yeah, she has a son that her parents basically take care of. Because like, who else is taking care of? Because Allie is just flitting about the town of, you know, Hollywood, Florida, and she's just, you know, living her best life. Meanwhile, she has a whole a baby this whole time. All at 17. Wait, there, there's a lot of stuff that this movie obviously can't get into, but we'll talk about some things I learned about Allie that I learned. They kind of, um actually, they, they allude to that later on. So we'll talk when we get to that. Basically, Allie is DTF. <laughs> And, um, right? Yeah, but didn't they do that earlier? It's what? nothing new. Yeah. It's nothing new. But I'm saying, like, she's she's totally open. They they go oh, they, they go in the back room, or and she's basically, she's in the wit. And that's when he takes out the gay porn. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Let me <laughs> see if she's interested. No, I don't know they're if, not interested. I don't know if he wants to show her this because, like, he wants her to see it or because yeah yeah yeah, i think that may have had something to do with it exactly he tries to force her to watch it and he like pulls her hair and he's like say i'm the best i'm sorry i can't say it (laughs) i'm so sorry he's like say i'm the best you ever had and she's like fuck you (laughs) pretty much like what yo and at this point he gets really aggressive and he rapes her yeah. In this movie, Allie leaves, but in actual real life, she didn't. She stayed. That's not uncommon. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not blaming her or anything like that, but I just yeah. want to you know, differentiate between like her father, his father didn't come in or anything like that. He he stayed. She stayed. I believe that, like, I, I think it was the mom that came in, but you know, she, she stayed, which is, you know. But staying true to the movie, she did stay. Mm-hmm. And she's like- She left, she, you mean. 
Okay, yes. As she was leaving, she ran into Lisa and she tells Lisa what the hell happened. Mm. And Lisa's like, wait, what did Lisa say? Lisa's like, uh, make up your mind, Allie. I told you he was kinky. And Allie's like, yo, I just told you I was raped. Mm. What the hell are you talking about? And she, she, sho- she's, she shoves Lisa, you know what I mean? And she just storms off. Mm. And you see Lisa's face. Like, she's like, damn, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I need to come up with another plan. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time Allie was raped, though, but we can talk about that later. But um, I'm thinking to myself, some friend. Selfish. Yeah. She's very selfish. When the dad comes in, he sees that Marty's there and he's not a fan. Obviously, we mentioned that before. And, you know, he he has a conversation with... Oh, is this, is this the point where he's in the bathroom naked watching yeah, his... uncomfortable, Bruh, awkward like, scene. What? Like... <laughs> And, why and does the scene exist? Because first of all, it didn't even happen like this in real life. Why is he naked? And why is he having a conversation with his dad while he's naked? What, what wait, is- wait. Before you get into that, this is him washing his hands again. This is the shot from this is the third shot from washing his hands again. Yeah, but this this doesn't have like I said, this didn't happen in real life. This is I, I think this it. is a creative choice. This is a creative license. Like his father didn't come in. None of this happened. I just don't understand why he shot it this way. Like like they just like did did you have parent did you have conversations as you were naked with your like why is this is this normal like I don't so he's having a conversation naked as one tends to do with their parents and his father threatens to move to keep him away from Marty and Bobby's not keen on this idea he's like oh he tells uh his father tells Mar- uh, Bobby that he saw a stereo place and he wants to set him up and he's like all right all right I'll do whatever you want basically and then he says well, can we hire Marty. <laughs> Listen, at that point, the next scene, it shoots to, I don't know, like water or, or something like that. It just makes it seem like that's the response to the question. Can we hire Marty? Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. It's like, we just got finished talking about getting away from Marty and you're asking me, can we hire Marty? Yeah. Like we talked about the pull, like there was a pull going in both directions. Like you know how we mentioned earlier, we thought that he had, there was stronger, I don't know if there was anything, anything that actually went down between these two or if there was just like, um, but I think I did read that Lisa did tell Marty that she felt that like Bobby was in love he with him. Bobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I do, I do want to mention that, what was I watching? It might've been American Justice. Or it could have been uh, Forensic Files. I can't remember. But I was watching one of those. And I mean, I'm a, a spoiler alert. They all get arrested. But this was after- They do? <laughs> this was after the um, the verdict was read. His grandmother, who we've seen in like one brief scene really quickly. But his grandmother would talk, was talking to the um, camera. And she said something about this boy molested this boy. Like insinuating that uh, Bobby molested um, Marty. Marty. Yeah, that's like the only time I ever heard that mentioned. No one ever went into that. Like, I was just like, how is this not a thing? I don't know if that was in the book, Bully. I don't know. I really wish I'd read it. But yeah, like that was that was kind of a shocker to me when she mentioned that. I was like, wow, if that did happen, I feel like that's something that Marty didn't want, you know. Known. Yeah. Publicized. Yeah. But like I said, I would not be surprised. Oh yeah, this is Marty's at the beach. Surfing. Yeah, and that's when the kid talks to him about surfing, and then that's when he mentioned that he used to compete. And we kind of talked a little bit about earlier why you know he no he no longer competes and what went on there. So okay, this is like the beginning of the end, right? Yeah. 
Lisa and Marty are on the beach and she's talking to him like, she's like, why do you let Bobby be you? Why do you let him treat you that way? I want to ask you something, Marty. Why do you let Bobby treat you the way he does? What? Why do you let Bobby treat you like he does? Hit you and stuff and make fun of you? He disses you right to your face in front of everyone. Derek thinks you guys are queer for each other. Yeah, well, Derek's an asshole. You know what? I love you. Sure. I do. I love you and I care about you and I don't want to see you suffer. I don't want to see Bobby picking on you ever again. Bobby. What? <laughs> it's been like this since we were little fucking kids, Lisa. He's always been like this. <laughs> He's always just beat the fuck out of me, whatever he wants. There's not a goddamn thing I can do about it. <laughs> I beg my fucking parents to move. You could move away yourself. I'm not even a fucking high school graduate. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So there's nothing we can do to stop him ever. Kill him, that's about it. That's what I was thinking. What? What are you talking about? Bobby. What about Bobby? What if he was gone? What kind of weird shit are you talking about? What if we killed him? Are you fucking nuts? She's telling him she doesn't want to see him suffer anymore. And he's basically saying that, you know, this is something that's been going on since we were kids. Right. With a whole bunch of spit in his mouth. Continue. Yeah. Very. Ugh. Yeah. Well, he was into the unnecessary. scene. Unnecessary. He was into he the really scene. Was. He was into the but scene. But it was really so. unnecessary. I mean, you know, and he's he's basically resigned himself to the situation. He doesn't feel like there's anything that they could do or he could do to stop the um the abuse because it's just something that's been going on for so long. Like he just feels like this is what's going to always be. And that's when Lisa comes up with the idea that they could kill him. But she refuses real Lisa to acknowledge or that she was the architect any, any of responsibility. All. Yeah. All, all of them she, are like that. Well, at least Lisa no, and Allie. It's just Lisa and Marty, Lisa and Marty. No, Allie. Am I saying those names? Allie, too, like, have you seen Allie? She completely tries to absolve herself of any real like involvement in this. She's basically saying, "Well, I just thought they were going to go beat him up. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what they were going to do." Did you see how she was on the Doctor Drew I show? Did. did you see that clip? The Doctor Drew clip? No, I'm referring to the clip from American Justice. Oh, okay, she. This is this is her about 2012. She went on the Doctor Drew show to reveal. This is about yeah 2012. She went on Doctor Drew show to reveal to her best friend this secret that she was a part of this situation where her ex-boyfriend was killed. She brought him down there to more or less uh, get beat up. All these things happened. There was this circum these circumstances outside of her control happened and he unfortunately ended up dying, but she wasn't a part of it. She basically said it and, and distanced herself from it. 
Like you've been away from the public eye for 20 some odd years and you come on a Dr. Drew show to reveal this to your friend. Her friend was like, like she, I guarantee you that friendship was over as soon as they landed back home. A female friend? Yes. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. Everybody tries to sort of more or less, you know, minimize their culpability. Everybody. And and Lisa, Allie, all of them. You want to talk about? Oh yeah, she. Oh yeah, she also mentioned like he's mean, he's mean, he's cruel, he's even too weird for Allie, which basically is saying something. And they're just, you know, projecting in his, in his future, he's going to end up some rich guy anyway, and they're just basically going to be hanging out, being losers and bums. And you know, that's when they start to kind of formulate this plan: where will we get a gun? And that's when Lisa's like, "Hey, my mother has a gun." And Marty's like, "Yo, he's he dissed me. He's." He's treated me like crap my whole life. And, you know, <laughs> and Lisa's like, hey, let's kill him. And then that's when they just start, like, I guess that turns them on and they get excited about it or whatever. And they start kissing. Oh, and it's the grossest kiss I've ever oh, seen in my, my life. I was like, Brad, <laughs> ew, you're like a horrible, ugh. Could you imagine being Rachel Minor in this scene? I'd be so disgusted. Ugh, disgusting. That looked it was gross. Disgusting. It, it was I'm very glad disgusting. we both agree. But so now I'm not for murdering anyone, mm-hmm. but this is where the plan just starts to go wrong. Mm-hmm. You want to kill someone, stop adding a whole bunch of people to the mix. So if it's going to be you and Marty, okay, fine. But now you're calling up your friend Allie to help you plan this murder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She calls Allie and Allie's like, yo, you a crazy bitch. But then Allie comes down and, you know, she, well, she comes down with Donnie. So now that's another person who know, who knows about the murder plot. And they're all high on drugs all the time mm-hmm. trying to plan a murder. Mm-hmm. That's something else I mean, that you one don't of them, do. Heather, she escaped. She's a freaking, she's a whole crackhead. She she left rehab to participate I forgot in about this. Heather. So yeah, but, um, you just added three more people to your murder plot. Heather, How does that help you? Yeah, Heather, they don't really go into it, but Heather felt indebted, like she felt indebted in a lot of ways to um to Allie because Allie was so nice to her. Allie, you know, she more or less came from money. She her parents basically let her have a credit card that she had free reign of and she would buy and do whatever she wanted. So she was very giving and she would treat her friends to whatever they wanted. And Heather had never had something like that in her life. So the way Allie treated her, she felt like, okay, man, this is like a real friend. I would do anything for her. So that's why she, in a way, she agreed to do it because Heather and Donnie, they had no relationship. They didn't even know Bobby. Derek barely knew Bobby, you know, so. So at this point, Lisa calls up Allie on the phone. We kind of briefly talked about, you know, this is the scene where Allie's, she's at the nail shop getting a pedicure and, you know, the director's all up in her crotch, right? Uh, We also see Lisa's bruises are like ever present. They're really prominent in the scene. So that's what she's talking to her about what the plan is. In the next scene, we see Allie. She is talking to her boyfriend, Donnie. And she sort of casually tells him about the plan. Like the way they talk about this, it's like, it's sort of matter of fact. Like you said, the, the way they talk about killing someone, you know, committing a crime is very casual. The conversation that they have is within earshot of their neighbors. And they just don't seem to think that anything is the matter with that. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Donnie, he agrees to help her. 
for some weed. <laughs> he was already high on but drugs. Everybody was high all the time. This this whole it was just a it was just a recipe for disaster. And you know? know what? Even though he was high, he initially said it's crazy, but then he goes along with the plan, like you said, for some weed. And Allie, like I said earlier, she even started off saying that Lisa was crazy, but went along with it anyway. It's like they go against their better judgment. Mm-hmm. But um, at this point, she gets a phone call from Heather. Heather, as we learn, is the crackhead. So she more or less, Allie sort of kind of coaxes her. Not that she has to try really hard, but, you know, we see that she escapes rehab. And she kisses Allie on the mouth. They are very close, aren't they? <laughs> I think uh, Lisa's close with I'm not Lisa. Allie's Allie is close with everybody. No, but they have a special kind of like closeness. They are just like I don't know. But um, after uh, afterwards, she uh, she asks for a tweak, so she's in rehab. But she is. It's not really. I guess it, you know, she's early days. It hasn't really set in like yet because she asks to tweak. That's that's what is that Coke? Yeah. No. Uh, no. You saying it like you know? I actually hmm. had to look it up. I was like, "What the hell?" Tweak is urban dictionary meth, right? <laughs> oh wow! Look it up real quick. It's-, it's meth. I just looked it up. Yeah, it's meth, guys. I looked it up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was she like, "What the hell is tweak?" Yeah, yeah. I can't they, keep they, up with this drug sli- uh, this, these drug lingos. This is Florida language, right? And everybody from Florida was like, "Yeah, we know what tweak is." I'm kidding, Florida people. Or am I? So at this point, this is another like super duper casual moment. They're at the diner and um, they're all plotting on different ways to kill Bobby. Marty's there in this scene, correct? Marty. Yes, he is. They're at the Pizza Hut. Yep. Talk Casually talking about murdering someone. Yeah. In real life, he actually wasn't. When they kind of came up with the plan, he actually wasn't there. I guess the director just decided to leave that in there just to, for the sake of simplicity. He wasn't, He wasn't. you know, in on the initial planning phases of the murder. They talk about how, you know, the different ways that they could potentially or possibly kill him. They said maybe they could do like some sort of like drive-by gang shooting so that they don't have any sort of connection with it. Say that, they could, who, who was it that said they could stab him in the neck while he's sleeping? That was probably Donnie, right? That's not like a Donnie move. Mm-hmm. It's a little foreshadowing. Um, some people are like, yo, let's just shoot him. And they're like so, like you said, so out there in the open with it. Like, I think at one point, doesn't Claudia kind of come by? And he's like, she yeah, does. we're talking about killing I don't know if Claudia was actually based on a real life person or she was kind of just there just to show, um, whatever. She was just a, a plot device. I think she may but, have been because they said that, I think it was American Justice said that um, Lisa's friend actually reported the murder right i know that i know that but i didn't know if um and they didn't I, show her a friend but i didn't know yeah they didn't show her having how, any how, other friends so i assumed that it was claudia but i don't know if claudia was a real person or she was just the, the plot device for the actual movie like you know what i mean i don't know if there was an actual claudia that worked at the pizza shop and that she was there and, mm-hmm. you know claudia was her real does that make any sense i guess like, there was agree. a friend but, we both agree that, Cla- I mean, Lisa did have a friend that she told about the murder. Yes, but I'm saying, like, was what? Was what that friend is, a, a worker at uh, Pizza Hut? Yeah, was, was Claudia just a, a, was she a figment of 
the director or the writers or you know screenwriters imagination they they, they just use that what did this thing did things happen as they were but do you understand what i'm saying sure. was there a real claudia do you understand what i'm saying no i don't if we both agree that there was right. a we friend. know she had we uh, yes but i'm saying was is Claudia like did it happen exactly as it said it happened in the movie? Claudia could have just been the plot device. Like she could have just been a friend that she called on the phone and was like, "Hey man, I just did this thing and that's it." Like everything else that happened in the movie was just for the sake of the movie. That's what I'm at. That's what I'm asking. Was Claudia a real person? We'll talk about this offline. But I'm just like I, I'm just trying to wonder how close to real life that this actually happened. I get did Claudia it. know that she was pregnant? I, it sounds like you're just trying to shut me up. <laughs> I get it. Come no, on, I get it. Go. No, the way you said it, I get it. Please stop talking. I get it. No, you don't get it. Um, I so, so totally get it. Yeah, whatever. Let's, let's so, go on. All right, Alex. <laughs> anyway, so now we're at Lisa's house. I want to go back to, you said, um, the drive-by. What immediately went in my head is, yes, they want to blame it on a gang, but... I don't know if this happened to you, but it's like, let's blame it on black people. Not that black people are the only ones in gangs. You know what I mean? But but mm-hmm. because they said, yeah, let's do the drive-by and let them think that gang members did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I mean, I get that. I can see why you say that. I mean, that didn't automatically come to my mind because somebody like Derek Kaufman, the hitman, swears up and down that he was in the mm-hmm. Davy Boys gang and he's like a white person. So like, that's why that didn't automatically kind of click with me. But I understand what you're saying because a lot, you, we know that there's a history of, you know, white people kind of like Susan Smith blaming, you know, mysterious black people for committing crimes that mm-hmm. never happened. So I see why you went, you kind of went there. Okay, so now they're all lounging around, hanging out at Lisa's house, you know, as friends tend to do. And this is just another sort of casual, sort of, you know, run of the mill sort of day, except they're, they've got murder in their mind. They're still thinking of ways That's- to kill Bobby, yeah. Lisa's not with them at this moment. And at this point, this is when she kind of comes in and she hands Marty her mother's gun. Marty's sort of kind of, you know, getting a feel of it, playing around with it. He's pulling the trigger. Who said, why do I write people's names down? Somebody said, what is that for? Who said that? Donnie. He was so Donnie. high that he forgot the reason yeah. that they had a gun to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Is that real? Is he high or is he a little small? Of course. Did you just really ask that? They're always high. They're devising their plans and Ali's, you know, how to try to lure Bobby to this sort of desolate place. And Ali offers to have sex with him because, you know, young men, teenage boys, you know, mm-hmm. sex is... Motivation, right? Absolutely. Um, after all, Ali offers to have sex, um, she's basically told that it's not enough incentive for Bobby. So then that's when she offers to, what did she say? Allow him to dog out her 2.0, basically drag race her car. Yeah. That stuff didn't even... That every car enthusiast out there. <laughs> dog out his, her 5.0. And I think... Oh, was- shoot. I said 2.0. <laughs> Oops. There was some fact that I read about, what is it, like a a 5.0 didn't exist at that time, something along those lines. Did you read about that? No. I mean, but if you notice, they don't set this movie in in 1993. 1993 is when these events took place. They're watching Eminem. They're talking about Kobe Bryant. It's set in modern day. So that's why. Because her car in her life is red. It wasn't even silver. So, you know, there's that. 
So as part of the plan, Marty calls Bobby and he's basically insisting that Allie is still into him, that she can't stop talking about him. And, you know, that's when they have Allie get on the phone and she's like, she was so into that rape. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's call it what it is. She's um trying to convince him that she was kind of into it and that he can take her out for a spin and then that they can hook up. He seems somewhat uh, skeptical about everything, but... Because he knows what he did was wrong. He's thinking to himself, who the hell's into rape? I don't know if he... I don't even know if he considers what he did rape. He probably... He, does, he knows that whatever it is, she wasn't into it. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think... And his, somebody like that, I don't think he's like, oh, man, I raped her. And he's like, man, she freaked out for no reason kind of thing, you know? Because to admit that he's a rapist, like, that would... You know what I mean? That'd be something that he wouldn't want to, I don't know, deal with to admit. Like, he wouldn't want to admit that to himself. He would just admit that she just freaked out over nothing. Or she just didn't like the porno or something something to that effect. That makes any sense. So, so while they're all at Lisa's house talking about killing Bobby, Lisa's mom comes in and she sees all the kids on the bed. You have two guys with their shirts off. And she's asking if everyone ate dinner. She's not saying anything like, um, boys, put your clothes on. Boys, off the bed. They answer her question. They say yes that she that they ate dinner. She just leaves. Like what the f? She knows. You know her, I mean? She knows her daughter is a loser. That's why. Um, it's like, I think she kind of resigned herself to whatever it is. Like she's like, man, like I she doesn't want to know. Kind of, sort of. She's like, man, this is it. It is what it is. Like her daughter is a high school dropout, and her mother is not even really pushing it. We also forgot to mention that Lisa. Wait, before you go into there. So not in my house. I'm with Hopper on this one. Keep the door open three inches. You said Hopper. Mm-hmm. Did you bring in a Stranger Things reference? I sure did. <laughs> or don't go in the room. Like I'm, I'm with Carol. Listen, you you can meet up in the kitchen, in the living room, in the common area where I can see you at all times. You're not going in my my kids' room. But um, her like her mom. She just seems like resigned to the fact that this is what her daughter is like she doesn't she's not pushing her or anything like that or maybe it's like guilt because i know that she and her lisa's dad were married at one point and they all had like his happy family they were together and at one point he ended up leaving the family that's kind of where that emptiness that insecurity a lot of that had a lot to do with that he just kind of he just wasn't a part of her life anymore I do know that he, or he wasn't a big part of her life, I should say. I do know that he bought her a car. She used to take her car out and just go joyriding with Allie and all her other friends. And she used to stop going to school. And her mom was basically like, look, if you don't go to school and do what you're going to do, do what you need to do, then I'm going to um, take the car away Take the car away from you. Yeah. And that's when Elisa was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And she ended up crashing the car and that was that. And she eventually just dropped out of school. So I think she kind of, she just kind of gave up, Lisa's mom. So the teens, I call them the teens, even though they're not all teens, most of them are. But they were they were referred to as the Broward County Seven. It's the next night, they all meet up. Lisa, that's when she gives Allie the gun. Lisa, is she really is a mastermind, isn't she? She, she really comes is. up with a plan, but she wants everybody to execute a plan. She doesn't want to get her hands dirty. She wants everybody else to do her bidding. And then we'll um, talk about her reaction in the end. Okay. And then and Allie's like, why are you giving me the gun? And she said, well, you're you're in the best position to kill Bobby. Uh, no, you're in the best position to kill Bobby. Why would she kill Bobby? You could just sneak up behind them as opposed to... Anyway, so Donnie, Heather, they're in Marty's car. 
And when Bobby comes out, he's really upset that Lisa is riding with them because he wasn't expecting anyone else. He wasn't expecting, certainly not Lisa. And that's kind of when, what did they tell her that she needs, that she's the only one who knows the way to this sort of desolate sort of area that they're going to. So that's why she needs to be there. And so the Marty and the others, they kind of go a separate way. Is that what was that? Yeah. Wasn't it because Allie hadn't seen her in a while and she just wanted to talk? I thought it was both. So we're on, we're on the beach now. Allie and Bobby start hooking up on the... Okay, so they pull up to the... I think it was the Western Developments. And Lisa didn't follow through with the plan. She held the gun behind Bobby while he and Allie were doing it. But she couldn't do it. And then when they go back to the house, uh, she has to explain to everyone why she chickened out. But she's saying that she realized she couldn't use her mother's gun because she learned on homicide that they can trace it back to her, her mother using the bullets if they ever would recover the bullet. I mean, she's absolutely right, but we all know that she just chickened out because she, she exactly she didn't have the guts. To exactly, do it. that's why she was coming up with the planning and delegating everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, telling every, everyone else what to do. Mm-hmm. And Marty was upset that Lisa couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, why can't you do it? <laughs> you could have just you could have been in a car pretending that you guys were gonna hook up on your own and you could have did it yourself. We're we're cutting to another scene with uh this is when they, they meet the hitman, correct? Is that what yeah, you have Der- Derek the Hitman Derek garage. Co- yeah, Derek Co- yes, Derek Kaufman, that's his name. Mm-hmm. He is in the garage and he has all these younger boys. That's a that's another actor who's miscast because the real Derek Kaufman the hitman. Uh, he was like 6'4", 200 pounds. Or so. he, he was a huge guy. He looked very similar to the actor that played... Uh, Derek, the cousin. The other, yes, cousin Derek. He he was similar in size and stature to that actor. But um, they got this uh, pipsqueak. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. So he is basically a poser. That's what I have. So he has all these younger boys and they kind of sort of look up to him. And he's perpetuating this image like he is a gang member. He is connected with the mafia. And he is just kind of in, in that life. So He ain't about that life. At all. He ain't about that at life. All. He essentially tells them or people that he is connected with this gang in Florida called the Davy Boys. And I guess that they were sort of like big time or they are were. I don't know. We I mean we later learned like that that's not the case at all. He didn't have he didn't have a boss for that. He's attempting to buy like st- stolen merchandise from these two kids. He's like, yo, I thought you guys were professionals. <laughs> They're like 12. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's a bum. He's a whole bum. Another probably high school dropout who's living off his parents. Um, and the kids, they're like drinking, like they had a hard day at the plant and they need to unwind. And they, you know, they really like are throwing them back. I'm like, these right. are kids. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he gets a phone call from Allie and then Allie lets him know that she wants to kill someone and she would like his help. And he pretty much says, come by. Okay. So in the next scene, uh, we have Derek, the cousin who's mowing his lawn. He gets a phone call from Lisa he assumes that she needs a ride, but she ends up telling him that she needs his help for something big. And that is her letting someone else in on the murder plot. So the more people that they tell, the messier it gets. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if you're going to do dirt, do it by yourself or keep it to an absolute minimum. Not that I'm encouraging murder, but I mean, 
I do encourage you guys to do the best that you can do. I want you all to succeed. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Heather and Donnie pick, because uh, Derek doesn't have his car, right? Right. Yeah. So Heather and Donnie pick him up. They are smoking weed, dropping acid. This is just a good time, huh? Right. So all, this next scene, <laughs> this is very indicative of uh, Bobby. Marty's having his lunch break, right? And this busty girl on rollerblades kind of sort of like she starts hitting on him. She's like an attractive, you know, kind of the sort of girl that Bobby would kind of go. And Bobby sort of sees this interaction and he is. He's all the way in the store, but somehow he manages to see what the heck is going on with Marty. Bobby's a hater, bro. He really is. He's a hater and he's jealous. So that's when uh, jealous Bobby. He reminds, he reminds, he's like, yeah. Um, what about your pregnant girlfriend? Yeah, no, your fat pregnant girlfriend at home. It's still mentioned that she was fat, even though the actress wasn't fat at all. But yeah, she said your fat pregnant girlfriend at home. And that's when the the busty babe on blades immediately oh, loses interest. Uh, can you blame her? <laughs> now we're on. Now we're with wait, the wait. Flower count. Then, yes. then Bobby tries to make it seem like the girl was the problem. What a cunt! <laughs> you know. You know? <laughs> Oh, don't say that. And so he's trying to make it seem like, man, you know, I just saved you from having to deal with that girl. You know, I just did you a favor. You know? Marty's so mad he doesn't want to eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know that feeling, right? Like, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. done. So we're with the Broward County 7, but they're all in Allie's car and they meet up with Kitman Derek at his house. They're so loud and obnoxious. They're like honking. The like, yo, can we can we be a little bit more discreet about our actions? They're teenagers. Um, what do you expect? I, I don't expect anything from any of these people. Lisa's like, yeah, we need to know if you can get these guns for us. You know, he's he's basically telling her that he needs time and the guns are hard to come by. He's coming up with any and every excuse as to why right. he can't come up with these guns. <laughs> and Lisa's like, yeah, we can get you some money. You can trust us. Wait, that's the thing. They come to him for a weapon, but then he ends up telling them that they have a weapons problem, that they need to get weapons. Like you said, he's coming up with every excuse as to why mm-hmm. he can't provide weapons for him just to keep his image up. And he's telling them that they got to plan this out a little bit better, basically trying to buy himself some time. I and thought that was like, actually smart of him. It was. I mean, it was. Because they mean, didn't have know, a plan. At all. So let's give uh, Derek the Hitman some credit. I'm not giving him any credit. <laughs> it's so funny because every every person in this in this equation, they played an integral piece without... Well, any one person, I think this plan doesn't come together. Without Hitman Derek, I don't think Bobby dies. Without Allie agreeing to do this, Bobby doesn't die. Without any any one of these, without Donnie there, he doesn't probably initiate the action and it doesn't start. Without Lisa, obviously none of this even transpires. Every not according to Lisa. Lisa is delusional. She does not want to admit what she's done. What she's orchestrated. The kids are like, at this point, I call them kids, but you know. They're all hanging out, deciding what's going to go down. And this is the next, this is like the next night, right? Yeah. So Lisa's describing how she wants to kill Bobby, but she forgets how she froze when she had the opportunity to do it. And she's all talk now, but they're all, they're, they're all hanging out, deciding what's going to go down. They're showing um, Hitman Derek their weapons. And Lisa is very insistent that he has to die tonight. Right. First off, Cousin Derek kind of mentions, um, this is when he kind of expresses like a little bit of confusion. Like he, he wants to know whether they're going to beat him up or whether they're going to kill him. 
because Cousin Derek in, in the forensic files I watched, he's insistent, like I said, mitigating culpability. He's insistent that he, keep, he didn't realize that they were going to kill him. Like they, he thought that, they, that he was going to get beat up. So, um, and at one point, they're all chanting, dead, dead. Oh, dead, they came up with dead. a song, right? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a call to action, you know. It's like right. So everyone hears them. They don't care. Like they're not thinking. This is it's not real to them. This is like a game to them. This is not real, right? You know, Bobby in their minds is like he's just this bad guy, and he's he's kind of almost like like I said, it's like a video game like villain to them. They have to vanquish. He just is. He's not a human being to them, and it's like I feel like they're all in this sort of like you know mob mentality kind of scenario. They're all just going along. Have one person just spoke up like, "Yo, you guys, this is a bit much." I think this plan doesn't go through. But they all were kind of swept up in whatever it is that they were swept up in. You're right. It's that mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they all go back to, to Lisa's house. And her mom, I think at this point, is over it. She tell everybody who is a family to go home. So Donnie had to leave. Allie had to leave. And Heather had to go. She doesn't even know Heather. But she's like, you got to go. And so since they live far away, they just end up, you know, hanging out around the corner, waiting until the mom leaves. But while Derek, who Derek, the cousin who remains behind, she's talking to Derek, saying that she's glad that Derek is spending time with Lisa. You know, she's surprised. She was happy, surprised, but happy that Derek was hanging out with Lisa. She felt that he was a good influence on her. Unfortunately, he just wasn't a strong enough influence for her because he didn't, he wasn't able to deter her from um, wanting to kill someone. Um, Yeah. She's, she talks about how she doesn't, she kind of wishes they were back in New York around more family as opposed to Florida. And they don't really have as much family there. Okay, so now we are in Allie's car with Donnie and Heather, and they're parking around the corner, like I said, waiting for Lisa's mom to leave so that they carry out the plan to kill Bobby. And this is where they reveal that, you know, they've never killed anyone before or been, you know, in a situation where they had to plan to kill somebody. And they think that, or at least Allie says that they're going to do this and they'll be back in time for Donnie's birthday party again, as if. This is just something that you just do every day, you know, like Mm -hmm. run to the store real quick and you'll be back in time for, you know, the birthday party, but they they don't get it. And this is where Heather shares her story of how her grandfather killed her grandmother. You know, we're going to be okay, guys, you know, we're going to get this shit behind us and we're going to be back in time in Palm Bay for Donnie's birthday at his mom's house. Shit, I never knew nobody who killed somebody. Me neither. Just my grandpa. I never know. No way. Yeah, my grandpa was a bad drunk. Really bad. I mean, he'd, he'd rape anyone dumb enough to walk by his room. And one night, he got um, really pissed at my grandma and he took a claw hammer to her face. And, uh, after that, he just, he locked himself up with her in his room for two whole days. And he just kept drinking and having sex with her after she was dead. My mom was in the house the whole time. Fuck. 
You know, it really messed with her head. After that, it, she only hung out with guys who beat the hell out of her. And then when I was little, she'd get drunk and she'd drag me and my brother out of bed at like four in the morning and she had all the news clippings and about my grandpa and the trial transcripts that she read them over and over again. And I knew every word before kindergarten. I think that's how I learned right? Yeah, that was um that was that was heavy, right? Yeah. Sometimes you wonder well, how people become the people that they are, and then you hear stories like this and you're like, Yeah, that explains a lot. Like her mother was completely traumatized by that. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she wasn't, in turn was uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wasn't exactly right. We didn't say anything, but we said everything. Exactly. <laughs> So now we're with Marty. Uh, he picks Bobby up. Uh, the whole gang is there, and Bobby's really confused as to why there are a whole host of people that he was not expecting there. And Marty kind of tries to sort of, you know, get his mind off of that. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna dive off the car. We're gonna, you know, have a good time. You're gonna go have hook up with Danny. It's all good. Don't worry about it." And you know, Marty's his friend, so you know he's not thinking anything. What's going to go down? is going to go down because how could you imagine something like that? I think he has second thoughts because they were using <laughs> Marty Mom's car. And Marty it was Mom. Marty's mom. It's not Marty Mom. <laughs> yes, they're using Marty's mother's car. Yes. Um <laughs> which isn't even a sports car. So he's like, this isn't even a race. Like are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> hey, come on now. So <laughs> Okay, so we kind of intercut between the two cars. So Marty's car, we'll just call it that, Marty's car. He's in the car with uh, Derek and Heather um, and Donnie. He they he basically implies <laughs> that he handled some guy at the mall. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he uh, used some disciplinary action on him. Right. They're talking about the video game. Oh Lord, these kids are trying to be tough to a freaking poser. The irony of it. for it. So now we're in Allie's car. I kind of misspoke earlier. Not misspoke, but I made a mistake. Uh, in Allie's car, we have we have Donnie and Heather and Bobby and Allie. You know, Bobby's being his usual douchebag self, and he basically insinuates that he's going to keep Heather in mind for his future activities. Shall I say? And he asks her, "Are you a hooker like your friend?" And that's when he kind of goes into this story about this teen prostitution bus. But Heather tells him to be careful or else Donnie's going to get upset. Now, Bobby, who's not threat, he kind of taunts Donnie. He's like, well, what is he going to do? But Donnie doesn't take the bait. I don't know if it's because he's high or just he knows what's about to happen and he just keeps quiet. And he makes a Bobby, he makes a comment about the girls turning tricks and Allie has a comeback. He's not happy with that. She's like, Marty told her that he and Marty turned tricks themselves. And he's like, Marty Puccio told you that? And so he's upset. And we cut to the next scene where they're back in Marty's car, but they're still unsure of what the plan is. So Derek the Hickman. So before you go there, let's go back to this the teen prostitution bus that he was they referred to. In the movie, they kind of 
make references or inferences to a lot of things, but they don't really go into detail. When Allie was about 14 years old, this was back in like 89, she ran away from home with a friend and they called two older boys that they'd been dating to give them a ride. And the boys, they were members of this gang called the Zulu Gang. And they basically drove them to like this desolate overpass. And at that point, they repeatedly raped the girls at knife point. They had drove the girls to a gas station. And at the gas station, the girls were obviously, they had been through a traumatic situation. It was written all over their face. Like their reaction was that of, you know, traumatized rape victims. They were like trembling in the back seat. And I heard two different accounts. I heard at one point, one account, I heard that a police officer spotted them. And another account, I heard that just a, you know, a regular, you know, Good Samaritan saw and called the police. But in any case, the police were notified and the boys got, were arrested. They ended up pleading guilty to sexual assault, uh, sexual battery, kidnapping, assault, robbery, and they were sentenced to 10 years in prison. And at that point, like, Allie was so traumatized, she was she would do things like she would nail blankets over her window because she didn't feel unsafe. She didn't feel safe. Her parents kind of removed her from the school and she eventually ended up dropping out. They brought her to therapy, but for whatever reason, her mother and Allie, neither one of them thought it was important to tell the therapist about her sexual assault. So that situation was never you know, it was never really dealt with in the appropriate way. And I feel like a lot of the, her acting out, a lot of that has to do with, it goes back to that situation. Like, so I feel like that was something that was really super important to, you know, give us a little glimpse into what Allie is like and why she behaves in a lot of instances, the way that she does. Cause it it's kind of feels like a lot of this stuff is coming out of nowhere and it's not. And, you know, I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. So so back in Marty's car. That was important. No, it was. It really was. Because I didn't even read about that. So thank you. So now I feel differently about Allie. I take back Mm. everything I said about her. Back Mm. in Marty's car, they're still unsure of what the plan is. Derek, the hitman, he pretty much comes up with a plan. Allie's going to lure him somewhere. And when the signal is given, everyone attacks. So now they drive to their destination. Allie and Bobby go off for a walk. Derek, the hitman, he gives out his instructions. So... Uh, Lisa's not taking the lead anymore. So everyone knows their role and the onslaught. It's about to happen. Heather, no. Allie and Bobby, they go off. Heather, her role was to go out to make sure everything was safe, to give the signal. She does that in her way, you know. Um, At this point, she's a little nervous about what's about to go on or what's about to happen because it's actually about to happen. And Donnie, he hears a signal, he goes out and he initiates the attack. But like, just to talk about really quickly the the weapons that they had, Cousin Derek, he came up with, he had a a bet that he borrowed. So, okay, so they're borrowing murder weapons. That's what we're doing now, guys? That's what we're doing? Okay. So he borrowed a, a bet. Marty had a scuba knife. And who else? Was it Donnie? Yeah. He, he also had, had a knife. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are the weapons that they were going to use to... Um, Didn't someone have a pipe? I don't remember a pipe. Crack pipe, maybe? Heather? No. <laughs> <laughs> Marty. No, Marty had a pipe. But Marty but also had a scuba knife. He had a pipe and a knife. I don't think he took the pipe with him. Oh, okay. I think you're right. I think you're right. Donnie, he initiates the attack. 
and he stabs. Well, you didn't. You, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say that. Sorry. Well, he, um, <laughs> Derek, I mean, Hitman Derek, Derek Kaufman, he tells Heather that the signal for them to get basically commence is to go over there and just ask them, you know, Allie and Bobby, are there any alligators down there? And when she says that, that's when they know that they're supposed to basically, you know, go gangbusters. So she walks over as though she's going to talk to them about it, whatever. And then she's supposed to determine if he has any suspicions or not. And if he doesn't, that's when she eventually says, are there any alligators down there? Right? Yeah, she nervously says it. Mm-hmm. She has and to say then, it twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's when... Basically, everybody is kind of, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I wonder if that, that moment for them was kind of like. Surreal. Uh, these, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of was like frozen in time almost because everybody was kind of still for a minute. And it was Donnie actually who kind of runs up from behind and just stabs him in the neck. I mean, that was the plan. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think I could ever go. Like, it's one thing to talk about something in the abstract and it's another thing to actually stab somebody in the neck. Bruh. like in the neck you take a knife and you stick it into somebody's neck like you don't even know this person you don't even have anything against this person not really and heather you know she's like freaking out and she's like she's a nervous wreck and she's like cowering in the car at this point and so marty he's like bobby's like basically look reaching out for his friend you know what i mean he's begging for his life marty stabs him in the stomach and he's like Whatever I did, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, it was hard to watch. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Bobby didn't deserve something, but I don't think that he deserved to be killed, especially not in that manner. He got stabbed in the neck, stabbed in the gut, he, his throat was slit. He slit his throat. He slit his throat. Yo, he like I think some of his intestines came out. And like, then Derek how- the Hitman finished him off by Matt smashing his freaking face in with a bat. It was. It's like they wanted this man dead on. Like, if this didn't do it, then that didn't do it, and then this didn't do it, and then that, like, they made sure, oh, my God. Like, it was hard I'm to not saying really Bobby was. wasn't, I'm not saying he wasn't a jerk, but nobody deserved that. Absolutely He not. didn't deserve that. He deserved a good ass whoop, and that's what he deserved, but that's about and it. And you know what? That would have been fair. That would have been fair. Absolutely. But what they did to him, mm. And so, after they attack him, after they attack him with their knives and the bats, well, the bat. Both Derek's, they dispose of the body in the canal. Lisa, she actually looks pleased for a moment. Or turned on. I don't know. But Bobby, at this point, Bobby isn't really dead yet. No, no. Okay, no. He's not dead, but we know he's dying. Yes. Because there's no way. But that's an important point, though. You got to remember that that's an important point. When they all try to kind of point fingers at each other, they're saying, well, he wasn't, he technically wasn't dead and you tossed him in the canal referring to the two Derricks, like they, they threw him in the canal. He technically was still sort of alive. Right. Mm, they're grasping at straws. I get, I get you. Cousin Derek, he basically wants to go home at this point. And that's when him and Derek's basically like, uh, no, we need to get our alibi straight Absolutely. for the cops. So he heads to North beach. I'm sorry. They head to North beach. Uh, and that at this point, Marty's totally freaking out because he realized he's forgot his sheep behind the bushes. And so Hitman Derek and Marty, they have to head back to the crime scene. He finds his sheath and then they check on Bobby. And at this point, they see that he's being eaten by 
crabs. crabs. Marty throws up. Yeah, leave your DNA. Exactly. And all that stuff. I, oh my gosh, I was thinking the mm. same thing. Like they're amateur. I guess Just... he wasn't watching the same forensic files or whatever that Lisa was watching when she remembered that you know they could trace the gun. You know. Just throw up everywhere. Put some, you know, leave your bloody fingerprints all over his body. Take a picture, you know, do all that. Why not? So at this point, Lisa is like digging a hole. To, what? Yo, like it, this is like. She's losing it. She's they all, it. like the ineptitude. Like I realize they're all really young, but she's digging a hole to put her evidence in, in the sand, guys. Like people don't go on the beach every day kids don't play in the sand and build sandcastles like that's not something that's going to be uncovered like tomorrow or she like actually mentions next- that she says that some dog is going to come up on on the beach and sniff out the blood that, that that's all i have to say she yeah at this point they're also when they're talking they're kind of trying to absolve themselves of any guilt by minimizing their involvement like well well i only hit i only stabbed him in the neck but see when i stabbed him in the neck he still was kind of like alive so it wasn't really all the way me you're the one who threw him in the canal he was still breathing nobody wants to own up to you know what they did and the funny thing is like you said lisa who concocted this whole plan she doesn't get her hands dirty at all like this is her whole idea and she doesn't do a single thing she basically has these suckers killing somebody for her, more or less, because she wants time with her boyfriend. Like, let's call it what it is. So the others get back, and then Derek, the hitman, he learns that. Oh, let's yeah, let's not forget Derek at cousin Derek. At this point, he asks for the bet because he has to return it. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Derek, the hitman, he finds out that everybody's been discussing about getting caught and who did what. And he demands that everybody stay until they work out their alibi, until he's satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that if Derek the Hitman, he did this on his own, they would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, really the only smart one. He came up with a plan. He knew to have an alibi. He would have gotten away with it. If he was, if he lived up to his name, if he lived up to his, I mean, he, he dealt with, like, six other people. That's why they got caught. Everybody started if talking. If he was that smart, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have gotten involved with these losers to begin with. If he lived up to his name, I think they would have gotten away with it. Yeah, this is when, at this point, because their plan is to have Marty call, leave a message. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what, because this is back in the day when answer machine, they had answer machines and you could hear as someone was leaving a message. So he's like, yeah, this is Marty Puccio. What? Who? <laughs> Who leaves a message like that? Like when you tell, say, give your first and last name to these people Guilty. who you know from like almost 50. Yeah. It doesn't even sound real. He's like, yeah, you told me to call you and I'm calling you. And this is when dad, Bobby's father picks up because he, he noticed that his son wasn't there. And so he wanted to, he's like, hey, uh, what's going on or, or whatever. And, you know, obviously Marty hangs up, which is kind of like a red flag. Instead of saying, hey, yeah, this is Marty, you know, or kind of like improvising. He freaks out and he hangs up and that kind of signals to him, Marty's father, that something isn't quite right. Right. And his suspicion is confirmed when he actually goes into his son's room and he sees that the bed is made and Mm -hmm. he hadn't come home from the night before. Mm -hmm. And now we go to Marty and Lisa having sex again, talking about the murder but can I also talk about how in real life, Marty's father, he actually, um, 
uh, he went to go visit Marty and to try and find out, trying to ascertain whatever type of information that he can to see where his son is. And he, Lisa comes out, you know, t- to the door. Frantic, yeah. Yeah. And she like, she's completely freaking out. And she that's pretty much more or less when he knew something was wrong and he knew that they were involved because they don't know how to keep anything close to the, you know. I think that Marty would have been able to pull it off. It was Lisa who came... Nah, to Marty, back him up? Marty couldn't pull anything off. Marty was a horrible liar. He was a horrible liar. Did you hear those tapes? He was not good. Like, the, the second the police spoke to Marty, they instantly knew that he was guilty. Well, I'm not He's talking like, yeah. about when he talked to the police. I'm talking about when he was talking to Marty. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, let's agree to disagree on that one. Everybody in this scenario is, they're all they're all really bad at this because they're just regular kids, not, you know, cold-blooded hitmen, murderers. This is not their bag. So it just... Right. Um, I get what you're saying. But like I said, so Marty and Lisa, they're having sex talking about the murder. Like, what kind of pillow talk is that? You know, he's wondering, <laughs> he's wondering about whether or not he can be seen as guilty. And so is she. Yeah. And again, they're trying to, you know, minimize their culpability. Like, well, you didn't really do anything, Lisa. You know, you just were there. Like, they're trying to make themselves feel better. While having sex. I mean, hey, if you got to do it, then you got to do it. So Marty, he's now making his way to work. He sees cousin Derek, but neither one of them say anything to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you did last night, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, Derek, Derek runs into a friend. And he mistakes one of his friend's comment about a video game about what he actually did last night. Yeah, and he's he, completely paranoid. Yeah, and he ends up telling his friend everything. Again, this is how everything starts to unfold, unravel. People keep talking. But he's basically trying to get him. He's trying to get him to alibi him. Right. <laughs> his friend is like, who's going to be stupid enough to lie to the police? That kid's not happy. He's like, I'm His not. friend was like, no, sir. Yeah, I'm good. Leave me out of this one. I'm good. Speaking of unraveling, Lisa goes to Claudia oh, and she man. tells Claudia that they killed Bobby. Hey, Lisa. So what's up? You're not going to believe this shit, Claudia. You're not going to fucking believe it. We killed Bobby. Pardon me. We killed him. He's dead. We did it. You should have seen it. Marty just stuck him right in the heart. Lisa, what are you talking about? No, no, no shit. Listen. You know that guy, Donnie? You know, the loser? You met him. He, he even, like, he stuck him. Right in the back of the fucking head. Lisa, what? Listen, it's so weird. This hitman, right? He takes his baseball bat. And right when Bobby's on the ground, and he's like gurgling like a baby, shooting blood, and, and his guts are like hanging out of him. And his eyes were so sick. His eyes were like popping out of his head. And he just takes this baseball bat and he swings it. And he just half caves in his head. Did you watch this? Yeah, I was there. And Allie and Heather were all there. And we saw it, most of it. Heather, you met her, right? She's so strange. You know, she gets this, like, blank look. Like, she's not even there. And, and she starts hugging her knees and rocking. And, like, she's totally fried, right? And then after, she just shrugs and she says, you know, fuck him. Lisa. Hey, listen, Claudia. 
I'm real worried about how we left him. I mean, he's just out there where anyone can see him. I can't stop thinking about it, you know? Like, like someone just walking up and finding him? You know, we, we should have hit him better. We should have pushed him into the canal more. At least the gators would have gotten him or he would have sunk or something, but... You know, that's why I came over. What? Oh, Claudia, I... I I need to go out there. I mean, can you borrow your mother's car? I need a ride. I need someone to help me move it. It? The body. You murdered Bobby Kent? I didn't say I murdered anybody. And they killed him. I wouldn't even say they murdered him. I mean, he was fighting back. He was? Yeah, I mean, he was trying to get away. Begging Marty to, you know, like saying, I'm sorry. Please, I'll do anything. Just don't kill me. Right when he said that, Marty just walked up to him and whacked him in the heart with his diving knife. The whole thing was just totally, totally extreme. Oh, wait. You want somebody to take you out there to move a body? I don't... Anybody that's crazy enough to do that is just... Hey, fine. We, we won't go move it. We'll just, we'll just go out there and, and we'll see if the tire tracks are gone. No way, Lisa. No way. Come on. No. Look, Lisa, I gotta go. I'm late for work. I'm supposed to be in Pizza Hut in half an hour. Well, screw you, Claudia. I mean, all I wanted was a ride. I hope you have a problem someday so you can ask me for help. I mean, shit. I mean, you don't have to make a fucking federal case out of it just because I asked for a fucking ride. And she seems elated. And she's yeah. like, she's asking Claudia to help her move. Like, the way she's talking, she's talking about somebody mm -hmm. who, just, like, who just took drugs for the first time. And it's like she's still on that high. Oh, my God. She's so frantic about it. She asked Claudia to help her move the body. And Claudia is looking at her like, are you out no. of your mind? Right. And then Lisa gets upset because she thinks she's just asking for a ride. No, you are asking for a ride from someone to be an accessory to help you move yeah. the body that you just murdered the night before. She's not really, she wasn't really asking for a ride. She was just trying to kind of, I mean, I'll, you know, try to downplay it, it at this point. No, oh. she wanted to help her move. She wanted Claudia to help her move the body. And then when Claudia kind of was like off, put off by it, that's when she tried to kind of try to downplay it. I was just asking you for a ride so I could uh, check for the tracks. And, and that's when Claudia kind of declines. She's like, yeah, I got to go to work at Pizza Hut soon. So, um, yeah, good luck with that whole murder thing because um, I'm out. Yeah, Claudia is actually the one, whatever real life version of her, but the, she's at whoever Lisa spilled the beans to in real life is the one who kind of put the police on to Marty and Lisa because she called so dumb lisa just oh my gosh and now we're in when in ali's car she's with her mom and she asks her mom what if you witnessed the crime her hypothetical questions yeah mm, what a hypothetical question <laughs> she said what if you witnessed the crime and reported it to a hotline anonymously do you still get credit for doing so so like if the police find out that bobby was murdered but because she called the, the hotline and told him about it, is she going to get off pretty much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's like, she tells her mom it's a murder. She's like, are you talking about a murder murder? And she's like, yeah, this guy kind of got killed. I don't understand how they are so flippant and so matter of fact about all of this. I mean, somebody died. But in any case, Lisa calls Marty and that's when she tells him that someone made an anonymous call. And Marty is like totally freaking out. The next couple of scenes show what everyone was doing 
right after they learned that an anonymous call was made. So now Donnie, he's- and Heather. Yeah, Donnie and Heather sleeping naked on Allie's bed in a position that lets you believe that they just had sex. Yeah. Allie is holding, she's naked and she's holding a baby against, whose baby is that? That's hers. No, in real life. Who let their baby? Oh. <laughs> who, who, who's responsible? Who allowed that? That's, that was so weird to me. Like, she, she's Because the baby's oh, going to baby. remember that? Come on now. I don't care. You are not, no, that's weird to me. Derek is watching, you know, he's uh, nostalgic for these fishing videos. We see Kaufman, uh, Derek Kaufman, he's watching TV. Why do you find him looking crazy like that, though? He's <laughs> staring off into space. Yeah, I was like, am I the only one that's noticing this? No, no. We see Bobby's father, he's uh, drinking and he's just looking really concerned and worried. Right, and Marty is bonding with his brother. Mm-hmm. He's telling his brother that he loves him. And Lisa, she's speaking to, I think, Derek the Hitman's brother. Lisa's mom overhears Lisa talking about the murder. <laughs> she has to tell her mom. Allie and Lisa are talking on the phone at this point about whatever it is that's going on. And Lisa's basically saying, oh, yeah, you have to hide us. <laughs> right? And that's that's when her mom overhears the whole situation. Like, uh, she basically spills the beans. Um, her mom kind of looks on like super concerned. Um, we can talk a little bit about her mom in real life. I do know that um, Lisa's mom, she went to go see a lawyer, her and her brother, which is the uncle that was referenced in earlier in the scene about beating up Marty. I do know that they went to go see a lawyer at some point and they were really naive. They thought in their hard hearts that Lisa was going to walk away from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Lisa didn't even grasp like both Lisa and Allie actually they saw lawyers separately and they didn't or Lisa talked to the police or whatever they didn't grasp the magnitude of their actions like Lisa thought you know she would confess and you know do a mea culpa and everything would be all good like they really couldn't understand the lawyer was trying to get through to them like look yo your daughter killed somebody I know this was like a big big story in the newspapers and all that and she was basically they were calling her the mastermind and her parents, or I'm sorry, her mom and uncle just, they didn't want to hear anything other than they just, they basically thought she would walk. So they were really naive. And when the lawyer was basically trying to tell him, like, look, she's going to have to do some time. She she basically set in motion the events that ultimately led to the death of somebody. So she's going to have to serve some sort of time. They basically fired him. They're like, we don't want to hear that. So they, <laughs> they hired another attorney. At this point, we see Allie kind of freaking out. She's trying to, she's hiding, trying to cover her windows. I think that's a nod to, you know, if, if you remember what I mentioned earlier about when she was assaulted, like this is the sort of stuff that she was doing. And her parents walk in and her mom is just so nonchalant about like, you know, yeah, she's like the way that it's just, it was kind of almost comical. It just, their exchange felt like it belonged in another movie almost. You know, like, yeah, she kind of killed someone. Or, I mean, she she, she, heard, she told us about a murder. and that, it, It's just the way yeah. they, they talked about the back and forth. It was just, it just felt so unreal to me. And they ended but, up um, leaving her there. <laughs> like, they're like, all right, you deal with that. Mm, We're going to go. So Lisa, this is when she talks to um, Hitman Derek's brother. And that's when her brother, his brother reveals that he's not in the mafia. He's not a part of the Davy Boys. He basically chickened out of, I guess, whatever their initiation process was he's just a poser like i said so we see the sheriff's office coming for marty and there are several armed officers who come in basically waving their guns 
you know, because the little brother, he comes to the door, he answers the door, and they basically, like, basically move out, him the, out way. the way. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And we see they catch him in bed asleep, which is, I don't think that's actually how it went down, but whatever. When Marty's being taken away in the police car, his brother comes out wearing a D.A.R.E. t-shirt. Symbolic much? Remember the D.A.R.E. program that we had growing up? Yeah, I know what D.A.R.E. is, Alex. So, the def- yeah, don't do drugs. Uh, the defendants are all in a jury box talking. <laughs> and that's where we kind of learn more or less what went down. Lisa's talking to Marty about, you know, she has a boy. She's going to name him Marty. Like she agrees to send him pictures. And that's when I think Allie learns that Heather and Derek basically cut deals. They turn state's evidence. All right. So more or less, the film concludes with the title cards that basically reveal what their sentences are. Marty, he is sentenced to first degree murder and he's sentenced to death. He, that sentence was later commuted to life uh, in prison without parole. From what I heard, he basically has converted to Catholicism and he gives, I guess, spiritual advice to you know the other prisoners. Heather, she was sentenced to second degree murder. She was sentenced to seven years in prison. Um, because the reason that she she got a lighter sentence because she didn't lie on the witness stand, unlike Derek, cousin Derek, he was he was sentenced to seven years, but he received an extra four years for lying on the witness stand. He was released in ninety-nine. Allie, she was sentenced to forty years, but upon appeal it was reduced to seventeen years. She got released uh, in two thousand and one and She's still on probation until 2041. We got Donnie. Uh, yeah, basically, he was convicted of life. And he received another 14-month sentence for bringing drugs into uh, jail. The hitman, Derek, he also, I believe, he received life. I mean, he did finish him off. And Lisa, she had received originally, let's see, second-degree murder. She was sentenced to life plus five years. But upon appeal, she... She, it was reduced to 22 years, and she was released in 2004. Um, she ended up going to raise their child, um, who's a girl. But more or less, that's what's going on with them. Uh, Lisa, basically, more or less, she, she devised this whole plan, and she is living her best life somewhere. I believe she's remarried. Allie, too, I know she has kids. As I mentioned earlier, she she ended up, she's living in a suburb somewhere, and she, she ended up on the Dr. Drew show. And she confessed to her friend. Her friend could just could not understand. In any case, um, I don't know. Do you have any takeaways? Absolutely. Don't do drugs. And if you're going to kill somebody, do it by yourself. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's the truth. Oh, that was the central three. Maybe don't kill anybody. Of and course, of course, of course, of course, of course. No, don't kill anybody. But oh my gosh, if you are, do it by yourself. And then don't tell anybody that you did it. Because now you don't have to worry about somebody else riding on you. That's not the takeaway I got. First off, I don't think drugs was what made these people do. I mean, what the, none of these people If these people were in their right minds, none of these, which that, they aren't because of the drugs. But they weren't high when they commit. They weren't high when they were, except for maybe Donnie and Heather. But without them, this plan still goes on. This this had it was this wasn't about drugs. Definitely, you shouldn't do drugs. But that that's not what I, I that's not what I believe was the the main the driving force behind any of this. Definitely, what I took away from, number one, Florida sucks. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't agree. <laughs> Florida is trash. 
But um, I'm kidding. Florida's all right. If you know somebody's being hurt, if you know somebody is being abused, speak up. Talk to an adult. Go consult with somebody. Don't take matters into your own hands. I believe that had Marty spoken up, had Lisa spoken up, had somebody told somebody, like vocalized, verbalized to an adult that could actually help. I, I believe that potentially this could have altered the course of their lives. Like we could have had a different outcome. I'm going to say also, if you're around a bunch of people, like think for yourself, if you know people are getting together and they're talking about, I don't know, anything that's bad, whether it's committing murder or something less extreme, speak up. Because as I said earlier, had one person spoken up, it would have been like a, like, what's that game? Jenga? Like one piece, you take one piece out of place and everything falls down. But everybody just kind of got swept up in it. And this plan just never, it just just continued to propel until it was just beyond, I don't know, it just became something bigger. And the person who started it all, she's she's free now. Meanwhile, you got the, the, the other three are all in jail for life. I don't know. That's my takeaway. Just speak up. If somebody's hurting you, if you know somebody's being hurt, just speak up. The sources that we used for this episode were... Wikipedia, Murderpedia, American Justice, Payback for Belief, Forensic Files, Payback, and the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Um, if you want to reach out to us, give us any suggestions, any movie ideas you'd like us to watch, you can reach out to us. Our email is blackgirlstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is blackgirlstalkpodcast, and our Twitter is blackgirlspod. Also, I want to say, please, if you could be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. We're really trying to blow this podcast up. So people like, they like, uh, they like reviews. They like five stars that, that kind of validates something for them. So if you can leave us a five-star review, that would be much appreciated. This was a bit of a long one, guys, but thank you for sticking this one out. We are so grateful to have you and we look forward to meeting your acquaintance sometime next week. So that's all that we have this week uh so uh bye for now say bye alex bye alex hello beautiful people welcome back to black girls talk true crime where we discuss true crime movies and the people places and movies what 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 i want you to lick my balls lord but we'll talk about some more things about ali that i learned at i need no i want to finish all right. Okay. Okay. Enough talking. Enough talking. Enough talking. You is an asshole. Mm, whatever. Please don't make that <laughs> your thing. I think it might be good. Oh, God.